Amen. All right. This is, this is Baby Dedication Sunday. This is the day that we uh, give our children back to God. If there's ever been a time, if there's ever been a time that we needed dedicated parents, it's today. As soon as you walk out those doors, you, you, your child is behind the eight ball. Your child is going to face a culture that's anti-Christ and anti-God. Your child is going to face an educational system that's going to teach them everything but God. And you say, preacher, I think they just need to develop and on their own. No, 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 no. You, you're, you're totally, totally missing what God said to do. You say, well, well, I believe in just letting them be whatever. That, that's the same thought process as go plow up the ground and just hope for a garden to come up. If you don't, if you don't pull weeds and if you don't plant seeds, you're just going to get weeds. Are y'all with me? Uh, well, y'all go ahead and sit down. I got a lot to read. <clears throat> you may be seated. You may be seated. At Fairview, there's no telling what's going to happen. I've been in a deer stand this week, and I didn't kill any deer, but I got real acquainted with some squirrels. <laughs> I was in Squirrelville, <clears throat> but I, I, I told somebody at the end, I'm very physically tired, but mentally I'm doing way better. So I, I thank God for a little time of rest this week. Uh, we did have the opportunity to fly to Chicago uh, Friday, and, and we met with a group of people, uh, some pastors, some business leaders, and uh, God did uh, make some great connections in the Chicago area to start DMD. And so I thank God for that, real excited about that. We met some uh, corporate chaplains, a ministry of chaplains that go into corporate businesses. And, uh, and I'm telling you, I think God is going to do something great with that. So I need you to be praying about that uh, and pray that God will use that in a great way. Uh, Chicago needs Jesus. Say amen. amen. And it's cold up there. They need, they need jackets too. Amen. But really, really pray about that. We, we got home late yesterday afternoon. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, I was a little tired. I'm like uh, uh, flying up there. I, I wasn't uh, really having a great attitude. But man, after the meeting, after the vision cast, I, I was so thrilled and excited about what I believe God's going to do up there. So be praying about the Chicago area. All right. Genesis chapter number 22. Uh, really, if, if you want to look at it this way, this is the very first baby dedication in the Bible. The very first one, the very first time we see uh, kind of what we're doing today. Uh, he's a little older than a baby, but the same principle applies. And, and, and we're going to learn something today. What does it mean to dedicate your baby? Sometimes parents have this idea. Well, I want my baby dedicated in their mind. They're thinking, I'm going to bring my baby up here. And we're going to pray over it and he's going to have blessings the rest of his life. But really the truth is baby dedication is not about the baby. It's about the parent. It's about the parent. A, a dedicated baby needs a dedicated mama and daddy. And so this is what we're going to cover today. Genesis chapter number 22 and verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram. Now, now keep in mind the word tempt here is not meaning a tempting to sin, but the word means test. God is testing Abraham. 
and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, enclaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and what? Worship. And then we're going to come again to you. And Abraham, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, unto, uh, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? In other words, this was not his first rodeo. He, he, is, he is very familiar with what worship was. He was very familiar with the sacrificial process and he is seeing something is missing. Something's missing. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. That man, there's a message right there all by itself, but that's not the topic for today. So they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. And laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And read this with me, verse 18, because this is where we're going to finish up today. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Let's read it again. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this service. Thank you for the music and the singing and Lord, everything done. It's been such a blessing to me. Uh, Lord, you have, you have shown yourself real. Uh, thank you for the time you've given us this week. Thank you for the uh, refreshing you have allowed us to experience. Uh, Lord, I pray right now for your word. I pray, Lord, that, that you will open the eyes of everyone here. I pray that your perfect will be done. Lord, I pray that we will see the importance of our responsibility 
in teaching and leading our families. God, I praise you and I thank you. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve this place. I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve anything. But I sure am grateful for it. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, guide my mind and my thoughts and my words. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God will praise you and give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. We find a, a very, a, a very familiar chapter in the Bible and story in the Bible with Abraham and Isaac. Uh, if you want to look at the big picture, you will, you will see that this place that Abraham took Isaac was Mount Moriah. It was the very same place that God offered his only son on Calvary for our salvation and our deliverance and our forgiveness. Somebody say amen. But we see God is seeing with Abraham. God is using Abraham. God has a plan for Abraham and the ultimate plan we'll see at the end. But God tests Abraham. God tests Abraham. This baby is not just any ordinary baby. Uh, this baby is a miracle baby. This baby was a baby that was born as a miracle when Abraham was 100 years old. He was a promised baby. He was a prayed for baby. He was a delighted baby. He said, this is the son whom thou lovest. Thou lovest. This was the apple of Abraham's eye. Listen, he was thrilled with this child. And God says, I want you to give him back to me. I want you to give him back. There's a lot that could be said about this, but I want to address primarily the, the parents of children and grandchildren here in this room. Now, we always want to be pertinent and we want to be, uh, uh, be, be on time when it comes to the subject and the day and the, the event that is being held today, baby dedication. You want to deal with the subject, but you never want to, you never want to just deal in a way that alienates everybody else in the church. Well, I found out as you study through this, this is for everybody. This is for everybody, and you'll see what I mean. Well, what does it mean to dedicate your baby? We know I, I, all week, one of the greatest, coolest things I found out uh, this week, I was in the deer stand, and you know you're supposed to be quiet in the deer stand. And, and I've got hearing aids now that's got Bluetooth that I can hit my button on my phone, and it goes, the Bible goes straight to my ears, and the squirrels have no idea. And so all week I've been listening, I've been listening and I, I went, first of all, went to Hannah and Samuel and how this miracle baby Samuel got, God gave Samuel to Hannah. Hannah was in grief. She was bare and had no children. Make a long story short, Hannah said, if God, if you'll give me a man child, I'll give him back to you. And that's exactly what he did and, or what she did. She said, I have lent him to the Lord. Some translations will say uh, dedicated him to the Lord. What does it mean to dedicate? You're giving him back. Now here's the thing. With Samuel, with Samuel, as soon as she weaned Samuel, she brought him to the temple and said, here you go. Now we're not doing that today. <laughs> You're going to bring him and take him home. Say amen. <laughs> but in her heart, she literally gave him back to God. Now, here's what I want you to do. Four things real quickly. We'll do this quickly because we've got some things we'd like to share with the parents. But I want everybody to listen. 
I want everybody to listen because this is so important. First of all, what does it mean? What does it mean to dedicate your child? What does it mean to give your child back up to God? What are you literally doing by doing this today? First of all, write this down. Number one, number one, when you give your child back to God and you put him, listen, you are confirming your love for him. And the hymn is God. You're confirming your love for God. Now we know the Bible says that Abraham loved Isaac. It says it there in verse two, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah. But then he says in verse 12, he said unto him, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thine son, thine only son from me. Preacher, what are you saying? He made God a priority. He made God a priority. Now you say, how does that apply to us today? Well, if you'll go to the New Testament, if you'll look in your notes, you don't have to look it up. Uh, you can later if you'd like to, but if you look at your notes, you'll see this verse, Matthew 10, 37, Matthew 10, 37, Jesus is speaking. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, he is not worthy of me. Now, we know Jesus also said in Luke, I think it's Luke chapter number 14, he said, unless a man hate father and mother, sister and brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. Now, we know the word hate. You know, when I first read that, oh my Lord, I got to hate my mama. Now, the word hate there in this context means to love less. Say that with me too. To love less. Jesus is saying, you have to love less your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your son, your daughter, even your own life. You have to put me first. A lawyer came and asked Jesus, what is the number one commandment? What is the most important commandment? If we're going to follow one, what is the number one most important commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. What do you mean? You have to love God. What is the one thing that God wants out of you? He wants to be priority in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of And when you bring and you say, and this is symbolically, obviously, but when you say, God, I'm going to give my child back to you. God, I'm dedicating this child to you. You're saying, God, I'm going to put you first in my life. Now, I know what you're thinking. Ah, That's not hard. Okay. You know what you're doing by doing that? You're keeping from making that child an idol. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, I can never make my child out of Christians do it all the time. People do it all the time. Do you know, children, there have been, now now keep, let me, I got to be careful how I word this. Children have, have ruined lives. Children have ruined marriages. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my goodness. How can you say that? Now, it's not the child itself. It's what the parent did with the child. 
And, 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 and I've heard people say, this child is my life. Well, it shouldn't be. God is your life. God is first. And, and, and spouses, here's the way this works. Spouses, the way it works. Come on, everybody look at me. Y'all about to suffocate already. Listen, it's just beginning. Everybody, all the spouses, all the spouses, look at me, all the spouses, everybody here. here here's, the, here's the order. Here's the order. God, your spouse. Then your child. There's been tons of marriages destroyed because when little Johnny arrived, you begin to worship little Johnny and you forgot your spouse. But what you forgot is that one day little Johnny's going to fly to coop. And for 18 years, you've done nothing but forever. You've not invested in your relationship. You've not invested in your marriage. You put all of your energy, time, and effort into little Johnny. Little Johnny's going to fly. And you're going to turn around and look at your spouse and say, who are you? And you know what? The number one thing you can do for little Johnny is love your spouse. Put your spouse first. Put them first. Put God first. Put your spouse second. And then little Johnny. What are you doing when you dedicate this child? You're saying, God, you're first, period. And I'm going to live like that. And I'm going to act like that. And little Johnny, as he's growing up, as he's growing up, you're going to understand. You're going to understand that God is first in our decisions. God is first in our life. God is first in everything that we do. We're going to make God a priority. Sports is not going to take the place of God. Hobbies are not going to take the place of God. Work is not going to take the place of God. God will be first. And that's what you're saying. God says you didn't withheld. You did what I told you to do. You were obedient to me. If you're with me, say amen. All right, all right. It's loosen up now. It's going to be a little better. And that's the hardest one, all right? He's first. When you dedicate your baby, you're saying, God, you're first. Our love for you supersedes our love for everything else. Number two. Number two, what also does it mean? You're not only confirming your love for God, but you're clarifying ownership of them. Now, this is kind of hard. This is kind of hard. I said the other one was the hardest one, but this is pretty hard too. Look what Job said. How many of y'all remember Job? Well, he went through it, didn't he? Watch what he said. In Job 1.18, he said, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, this is when he was getting all the bad news. Everything was falling apart in his life on this day. Thy son's. And thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. In other words, he just lost all of his children at one time. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. And said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Read it with me. The Lord gave, say that again. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If there's ever been a verse in the Bible that was easy preaching and hard living, 
That's one. But you see, Job recognized that this child has come from God. In, in, Hannah, in Hannah's situation, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, over and over it says, The Lord shut up her womb. The Lord shut up her womb. The Lord, and then it says the Lord gave Samuel this son to her. What are you doing when you dedicate your baby? You're realizing this baby really doesn't belong to you. This baby is a heritage. The next verse in your notes, I'm going to try to speed this up a little bit, but the next verse in your notes says that children are in heritage of the Lord. The word heritage means inheritance. Inheritance. God has placed this child into your custody for safekeeping. God has entrusted you. God has given you this child. I, I, when, when, when Becca, <clears throat> when Becca was, uh, I guess just, just 18 years old, 17, 18 years old when she graduated, Becca wanted to go on the mission field. Now, I'm all right with kids going to the mission field as long as they're yours. Right. <laughs> Sorry, brother. But she said, she says, I want to I want to go to the Dominican. And she she made these plans for nine months to go to the Dominican and missions. Now I'm going to tell you on the outside, I was very spiritual. I was very proud. But I'm going to tell you this on the inside, I was scared to death. I remember the morning. I remember the morning it was time for her to fly out. 100,000 different scenarios. I mean, she was first supposed to fly to Miami and have a layover in Miami before she... I didn't even want her to go there. I mean, I hadn't even been here. I hadn't been able to go over there and check it out and to be here. It's just... it's just what's, Man, that morning we woke us like three o'clock in the morning and, and, and we've, got, we've got a suitcase out here and I think Tammy packed the entire house in the suitcase. She said, come see if this is going to be okay because you know you're only allowed to have a certain amount of pounds in there. I couldn't even get it off the floor. I said, baby, this ain't going to be okay. We're going to have to take stuff out. So I'm here, I'm sitting in the living room and I'm trying to take stuff out. Man, Tammy, I can't tell you everything Tammy had in his back, but I, I'm, I'm taking stuff out to try to lighten the load and, and Becca stands there and she's just, she starts crying. I, I said, I, I'll put it back. I'll put it back. I'll pay whatever it takes. I, what, I, I didn't know. Are you crying? And it was just, I think it was just, just an emotional, it's all setting in. And I so hard want to say, just go back and lay down. We'll forget this whole thing. We'll just, we'll just stop. I wanted to do that so bad. But she was in her heart and, and here we go. We get to the, we get to the airport and we go through TSA. And she's, if you know Becca, she's a little petite blonde. And she, everybody's passing through. Guess who they stop? I'm saying here at the glass. With my hands on the glass, looking through TSA, and they stopped Becca. Now I'm mad. 
And I said, I, I guess I didn't realize, I don't know, I, just, I was just an emotional wreck. And I said, does she look like a terrorist to you? What's wrong with you people? I, I'm telling you, I, I, it, was, it was a bad deal. And man, I'm just scared. We get home. Tammy probably didn't want me to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. She ain't in here, I don't think. Smiley, she in here? She ain't? Okay. We get home. She goes right to Becca's bedroom and crawls up in her bed. And I walked in and I said, uh-uh, we ain't doing this. We, we need to go do something. Let's get out of here. It was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. And man, God did some incredible things with Becca through that time. She was just, and in that moment, I had to realize she's not mine. She belongs to God. And it, you got to understand that because it will, it, will, it will affect how you raise your child. When you realize they're not yours, they belong to God. And God has entrusted you with them. They belong to God. Say that with me. Now, the reason that is so important that you get that point is for number three. Okay, number one, when we dedicate our children, when we give them back to God, number one, we are what? Number two, we are. Number three, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's so important because we know they belong to him. Number three, we are committing to training them God's way. We are committing to training them God's way. Ephesians 6, 4. You fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but watch this, but bring them up. Read it with me. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're supposed to train them and teach them who God is. Psalm 78, 1 through 7. This is, this is so important. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the word of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Then We will not hide. I'm talking about God's word. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the what? The praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare it. To their children. What does it mean? What you do with your child will affect your grandchildren. What you do with your child will affect your grandchildren. Now, grandpa's and grandmama's in here. Understand, I get it now. I get it now. They are truly God's gift for not killing your own children. I love them. Man, I'm telling you, I want to FaceTime them. I want to see them and I want to hug them and I want to just spoil them rotten and buy them everything. But do you realize what you do with your child determines how they treat your grandchild? If you spoil your child, you'll have to raise your grandchild. 
If you raise your grand, your child, you can spoil your grandchild. Listen, I, I, I heard this statement one time and man, it makes sense today. It makes more sense today than it's ever made. You're, you don't determine the success of your parenting by how your child turns out, but by how your grandchild turns out. If you teach them, they will teach the next generation. That's what God is saying right here. Now watch this now. Read this with me. Why do we teach our children so that they can teach their children? Now, why do we want all of that? Verse 7. Everybody read it with me. Verse 7. Real, 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 real loud. As loud as you can. All right. Verse 7. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. What is our job as a parent? That our children will set their hope in God. It's not throw a football a mile. It's not hit a baseball out of the park. It's not to kick a soccer ball through a net. It's not to put a basketball through a net. Listen, it is that your child will look to God one day and set his hope in them and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and make it to heaven. I've heard people say that. Well, I don't think you should force religion on anybody. I don't think you should make make your child go to church. You make them brush their teeth. I would rather my child go into heaven with not a tooth in his head than go to hell with every tooth he's got. I want them to know who God is. I want God to be real in their life. I want them to love God and serve God. Listen, I want them to set their hope in God. I want them to know that one day when I die, that there is somebody stronger, somebody smarter, somebody better that they can depend and trust on. And even if I'm not here, God will never leave them nor forsake them. And all God's people say it. Yes. Yes, we are to train them. We are to teach them. And by the way, by the way, I'm sorry, I've been out of this a whole week and y'all are going to get it both barrels. Yeah. I'm a week behind schedule. Yeah. The greatest teaching you can do is by example. Yeah. Don't look at your child and say, do this and you do that. You look at your child and say, watch me. Watch me. And all God's people say it. I love hearing these babies in here. It don't bother me a bit. I hope it don't bother you. Because you're going to die one day and they're going to take over. We need them. Are y'all, come on. Lastly, mamas, I know y'all having a hard time with them. I'll finish up real quick. Don't, don't, don't even worry about me. You're not bothering me a bit. Here's the deal. Number one, say it with me. Number one, when we get, when we're dedicating our children, number one, we are. Number two, number three, number four, we are claiming God's purposes and promises for your child. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch what he tells, watch what he tells Abraham and we're done. It says in verse number, verse number uh, 16, if you're there, say amen. Verse number 16, watch this here. Watch this here. We're going to go all the way to 18 too. I don't, I don't know if I put 
verse 18 on that original deal. But, but if it didn't, you can just listen up. And do y'all have 18 on yours? I don't think you do. I'll go ahead and read it. This is what the Lord says back to Abraham. Because of his trusting God with his child and, and putting God first. And he said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. Now verse 18, can, do we have verse 18? Watch this now. Everybody read this up here on the screen. I hope you've got that. Hope you've got 18. If not, listen up. Just listen real good there at Fairview. Watch what it says. And read it with me. And in. Thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Okay, let's read it again. Real loud, real loud. Up in the balcony, help me now. Here we go. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now watch this. Do you know what that's meaning ultimately? You know what God is saying by this? He's referring to Jesus Christ. The Messiah, the Savior the deliverer, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world is going to come through your seed. Watch this now. Watch this. Everybody look at me. God, we're talking about purposes. God's purpose for your child. God's purpose was to bring the Messiah, the deliverer, the savior of humanity would be brought into this world through Isaac. Through I no, we're talking about purpose, right? We're talking about purpose. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Listen, listen, listen. When he committed this child to God, God says, I'm going to fulfill a purpose in this child. Through this child, watch this, in Isaac, God would bring into the world Jesus. Let me say it again. In Isaac or through Isaac, God would bring into the world the Lord. Now watch this. Your child. Through your child, God will take the Lord to the rest of this world. That's good preaching. Y'all ain't shouting near good enough for that, that, that word I just gave you right there. Through Isaac, God would bring the Lord into this world. Through little Johnny, God's going to take the, the Lord to the ends of the earth. So why do you know that? Because it's your job to make a disciple out of your child. And what does a disciple do? He makes disciples. He tells the whole world. You see, a disciple doesn't just set their hope in the Lord. They lead others to do the same. And all God's people say it. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are you sure you want to dedicate your baby today? (laughs) 
You see, it's not about your baby. It's not about your baby. It's about you. And you may need to find a place in this altar and get dedicated. Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you living righteously and following Christ in your life? Because you're going to have a hard time leading your child to do something you're not doing. And God might have brought you here not for that baby, but for you. I'm going to tell you this. I wouldn't even come upon this platform before I came to this altar. Anybody ever flown? Raise your hand if you've flown. In a big jet. Anybody, anybody remember what that lady says in the beginning? You know that big speech she gives that nobody's listening to? She says, in case of an emergency, I don't even want to hear that. I got on the plane in Chicago to fly home. They kept delaying, delaying, delaying. I'm like, what in the world's the problem? And they come over last week, we've got just a moment delay. The handle broke on the door and we're waiting on a part. I said, oh, no. No, we ain't waiting on no part. We waiting on another plane. <laughs> Literally, they had to take everybody off the plane and go to another plane. And I was for that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know what? You know what that lady says? In case of an emergency, the oxygen mask is going to fall out the ceiling. And this is what she says. If you have a small child with you, put it on yourself first. You know what they know? That we have a tendency to put our kids first. If we're driving down the road, <clears throat> we're driving down the road, we're fixing to get in a wreck. What's the first thing we do? Yes. Like we have supernatural power to hold that kid in that seat. Right? Yes. I mean, we, that's what we do. That's the natural instinct. We protect the child. And so they know... That you're going to try to, you're, you're, this child is not getting oxygen, so you want to make sure this child gets oxygen first. And while you're trying to get oxygen on this child, you pass out. And they know if you're passed out, you're no good to the child. So you need to be ready first. You need to be taken care of first so you can take care of your child. And what I'm telling you right now, parent, you need to be where you are. You need to be right. You need to be taken care of. You need to be where you're supposed to be with God. Because if you're not, you can't help your child. So today I'm going to ask you to come to the altar and put the mask on. Put that oxygen on. Get yourself right. Get a place with God and say, God, whatever I need to be, let me be for my child. And all God's people say it.